Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. So please take a moment and email us at mystory at cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. So for the first weekend of January, I want to teach a message called The Greatest New Year's Kickoff Ever. And they looked at me and they thought, okay, well, it better be good. And, and uh, it, it, so let me just tell you, that, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big statement right there. Let's preach a message on The Greatest New Year's Kickoff Ever. And, and, and I looked at them like, well, you turds, what, what the heck? And I drove off that day thinking, you know, they may be right. I may need to listen to them. And, and I, I, I prayed about it. And, and let me tell you what makes today so special. It, it's not the message. In fact, it's not even that good. It's, it's, it's one of those things where let's, let's, what makes today so great and the greatest New Year's kickoff ever is I was reminded of something very special to me. I don't know if, who all grew up in church in the, in, the, in the house today, but you remember growing up and certain holidays would fall on certain days. I remember when New Year's would fall on Wednesdays, and we would have a, a New Year's celebration for youth. I always thought that was the coolest thing. It didn't happen all the time, but it's every once in a while it did happen. I loved when Christmas fell on a Sunday, and I loved when the New Year's fell on a Sunday. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of people, you know, y'all get excited when the New Year's falls on a Friday because y'all can party all night, and, and you know, that back in y'all's worldly days where y'all are like, it's on a Friday again, it's incredible, but Jesus has done something in your life, and, and now you get excited. And what makes this the greatest New Year's kickoff ever is because this year kicks off, you get to start this beginning of the year in the house of God. And that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Let me tell you, next year, we're going to do something awesome for our Monday night crowd. And because it falls on Monday next year, we're going to do the world's unbelievable greatest of all time (laughs) New Year's kickoff for the Monday night crowd. So y'all get ready for next year. But think about how important that is. Whatever preaches tonight, did y'all realize that we just saying songs uh, to our Lord to worship him. And Abby came with a special word turning to you guys and saying, lay it all down. Why would you want to carry last year into this year? Lay it all down. And then to turn and and, and to celebrate something as dynamic as what he did in our capital campaign. What what better way to start off a new year than just come off a victory? Come on, what better way? What better way to kick off a new year than to come off a victory? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but man, I'm... I've got all, fi- all cylinders firing in my life right now after just the last couple of weeks of what God's been doing the last and final days of 2016. And I'm excited about 2017, but I still have to preach. And so I've been preparing tonight's message for, for this very moment, if you will. And, and what I have to say today, I think, is very crucial for wherever you're at in your faith journey, okay? You may be a, a beginning believer, here today, okay? You may, you may be somebody who is just seeking, and you may be also be somebody who is firm in the faith, okay? Here's this moment to where if we're going to talk about the, the way God wants to kick off your New Year's, I, I want to start with some scripture memory verses, and these are my favorite scripture memory verses of all time, okay? And let me show you the first one. Does anybody know Jeremiah 29 11? Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, let me just tell you, this is, this, this is even better than on a graduation card. Yeah. Uh, listen, if, if you're going to pick a scripture, at least you know the meat of it, okay? This, were, this was words to me at one time. It was nothing more than a blurb in a book. But over the years, the Holy Spirit just kept continually bringing it back into my life. And over the years, the revelation and depth of it has become more and more real in my life. And, and it says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope, to give you a future and a hope. For I know the thoughts I think to you, says the Lord, thought of peace and not of evil, to give you hope and a future. And the reason why this is so important to me is because the backstory on it is the, 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 the slaves have now been discipled. And the discipleship now moves them into a promised land experience. The relationship is built. They aren't like their parents. They don't act like their parents. They're now moving into everything their parents were promised but could never possess because of all of the slave mentality, poverty mentality they had. And now God is turning to this new generation of people and saying, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And to me, it means so much because as, as, as big as I can dream over the years, I've realized every time I bring my dreams before God, God's dreams are so much bigger than anything I could dream. And I have to slowly put my dreams aside and say, God, wherever you want to go, I had no idea this is what you were talking about. My thoughts, as big as my thoughts can be, I've many times had to set my thoughts down and then set them aside because God thinks such higher thoughts than I think. And, and that's the beauty part of this. Uh, you guys, many people don't value peace. Try losing peace and see how valuable it is. And God says, hey, listen, I, my thoughts are of peace and not of evil, to give you future and a hope. And the older I get, I value those two things. When God turns to me and says, the old, listen, you're going to understand how big it is for me to control your future and to give you hope. For me to control your future and give you hope. Type being, I got your future. You keep your hope in me. Here's another scripture I love. John 10.10. 10. This goes from the Old Testament to the New Testament. This is the New Testament uh, promise. New Testament, Jesus is speaking here. That's what makes it even better. And it says, the thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have given, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The reason why I love this so much is because I for years saw the steal, kill, and destroy. The steal, kill, and destroy. And I just thought that's how it went. And when I began to realize that's not the nature of my father. And so I was settling on things that he wasn't giving me. Steal. I have had my joy stolen and just settled on it. I have had love stolen. I, I have had my patience with people stolen. I have... I have looked at a color of someone's skin and thought to myself horrible thoughts and, and, and my love for them have, have left. I've had love for people stolen. And then all of a sudden it got in my heart that the thief comes to steal. But God came to give me all those things. And I began to find the more I seek him, the more I love people. The more I, joy returns. 
I love patience. Patience. Walking into Walmart and having patience. That's the minimum patience. But walking into a situation and having patience. Understanding. Uh, the next one is to kill. Uh, th- things have been k- killed in my life. And, and God comes back and says, I want to bring life here. Comes in and things have been destroyed. And I have settled on it. And God says, don't you settle on it. You grow. You grow, young man. You grow. Here's this moment that goes on. And I have come. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Come on, think about that. That you can have life. It doesn't stop there. It's not just life. It's having abundant life. Here's my third scripture. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm priming you guys. I'm getting you ready. In Matthew 25, 21, this one means so much to me over the years. It's grown. It, 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 it's just absolutely stretched me. It talks to the man who was given the five talents and the man who put to work what he'd been given. And the Lord said to him, the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And it's this moment we realize that when we sit up and we begin to take stewardship over what God gives us, he blesses us with more. More is an interesting word. My flesh wants more, but I do not hunger for what the flesh wants anymore. I want more of what he wants to give me. I want more of what the master wants. And in this incredible moment to realize that when I'm about the Father's business, this is where true joy comes from. These three scriptures are going to pop back up at the end of the message. And I want to bring them back up because I think today in the illustration that we have and the story that we have and the person we're going to look at who's going to direct your year is going to cause us to look at these three things differently. But because we're going to bring this up, you've got your favorite scriptures too. And I think what we study today is going to cause you to take a look at where God wants you to look for your future. Okay, Today I want you to go to Nehemiah. I want you to go to Nehemiah chapter 4. And so if you have your smart devices, wherever, Nehemiah is a short book and it's a dynamic leadership book. Now, if you guys remember, while you're turning there, this time last year, we were digging ourselves out of the house. Goliath had hit. It was a booger outside. It was nasty. We, I think we, we got something like 20-something inches here. It was huge. The snow drifts were monstrous. It was just, it was a ball is what it was, but we canceled everything. So what we did as a church is we, we, we went back to a video message and, and posted it so that everybody could attend church at home. We have never got a better uh, internet response on a message than that one. People were emailing us saying, this is what I needed this year. This is what I needed this year. And so when I began to pray about this year, what are we going to talk about? I could not think about, and God would not give me anything else, but to go back and revisit what we talked about in that video message last year when Goliath had hit. And we talked about this dynamic man called Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is one of my favorite leadership people because he is in the building business. He, he's, he's this man who is a slave. And that's what makes it even better. He is going to be used by God, but while he's used by God, he belongs to somebody. It's a testimony that you can either base your future on your circumstances Or you can look beyond your circumstances and be the best servant. You can be the best employee. You can be the best person. You can can work that like your job like nobody's business. And Nehemiah did. Even though he belonged to King Xerxes, he was a slave. He worked his tail off. And the more he worked, the more God promoted him. 
put him in favorable positions with incredible people and generated such a favor with the king that one day when God finally spoke to him, he was able to leverage all those years of faithful serving to go do what God had put in his heart to do. And the story goes that Nehemiah heard from a friend that the walls they played on in Jerusalem were no more. They had been completely torn down. And for whatever reason, and I can't understand it, I don't know if we'll ever be able to understand it, it bothered Nehemiah horribly. He lost sleep over it. He lost his joy. He lost his peace. And he was able to approach the Lord and say, God, can I rebuild these walls? And he went to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, but he couldn't until he asked permission. And he went to King Xerxes, and he asked permission to rebuild the wall. Now think about this. A slave approaches the king and says, will you give me time off to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? And the king looked and saw a business opportunity to set up a relations and possibly have a good man over as, as a governor maybe in the future, over this community, maybe this would work. But whatever the reason was behind it, Nehemiah's faithfulness to King Xerxes completely opened the door for God to rebuild these walls in Jerusalem. So here's this moment to where he gets to now go and rebuild the walls and he's funded by this king. And he begins to rebuild the walls. But as he puts the walls up, an interesting thing takes place, okay? He's rebuilding the walls. He's doing a great work. Now, before we go on too far, there's a reason why I feel so connected with this story and your New Year's, okay? It's because God wants to build some things in your life too. God wants to build your faith. God wants to build your future. God has plans for your life. He wants to build your family. We got a lot of people right now building families. We got young people in our church, and we got young people that are going to do great things for Jesus, okay? We're, we're seeing God build some stuff. So God is at work building things in us. The story is this historical story of these walls being built, but there's a prophetic message for every person in the room that has ever started a project and was attacked, and it got you off the project, you know God had you start. Have you guys ever started reading your Bible and then fell asleep? Yeah, that, that's a one. Yeah. Have you guys ever started something and not finished it? Yeah. Have you guys ever had every intention to serve, and something distracted you from serving where God wanted you to serve? We all get attacked in every possible way. Marriage is one of the greatest things that God builds, and marriages get attacked. So if you've ever tried to do something from the Lord and failed, 2017 could be different if you listen to the story of Nehemiah. And in Nehemiah chapter 4, this is what happens. It says, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand held a weapon. Okay, stop. The reason why this is so important is because what would happen was Nehemiah was doing a great work and he was rebuilding the walls and everything was working good. You know what that feels like. The first few days, the first few months, things are going great. And then the neighbors felt threatened by Nehemiah's project and they began to attack. It was quick little sniper attacks. Just they zip in, they attack, and they zip out. 
but they never knew when they were going to come. They always felt off guard, and it was causing the project to stop. You've been attacked like that too. God starts something in you, and then an attack comes. And, and, and here's an interesting thing that took place. They would be working on the wall, and then someone would say, here they come. And they would have to, watch this, come off the wall to stand there to fight, and the neighbors started to not attacking them. They just did drive-bys. They did old-timey fashion, yeah, drive-bys. Okay? It's kind of funny if you think about it. Yeah. Anyway, so here you go. They're doing these drive-bys. And the reason you think, well, what's the big deal about a drive-by? Well, they were, they were accustomed to being attacked, but the neighbors found out they didn't have to attack. The plan was just to get them off the wall. Have you ever felt like that? It's like the attack didn't happen. It's like you want to go to your friends and say, you won't believe what happened to me today. But the moment you tell them, it's not going to be that big a deal. So you just feel like a fledgling faith person. You feel like a big sissy. But every one of us knows what it feels like. When the enemy, the the enemy wants to attack us. The enemy is the enemy attack. I just made a new word. I just made a new word. So when the enemy comes your way, and you're sitting there, and you were attacked, but you weren't necessarily attacked. Do you realize that what happened was they did just enough what they had to do to get you off the wall, to get you away from doing what you knew you were supposed to be doing, to get you away from the thing that was the most important, and you got distracted long enough to get you off the wall. And Nehemiah saw we were never, ever going to see the completion of God's project if we keep getting distracted like we're getting. Here's the story. Every one of the builders had his sword, verse 18, girded at his side as he built. Did you see that? He has a sword on his side and a hammer in his hand as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. What makes Nehemiah's story so great is it's his own personal documentation of everything that took place. And he says, I kept the trumpet blower right next to me because we would be working and the attack would come and I could have him blow the trumpet and everybody would get ready. And how would they get ready? I wanted to show you what this might have looked like. They had a job to be done. And God wants to build something in your life the same way he was building in their life. But they couldn't build it because they were constantly under attack. Attack just enough sometimes to pull them off the project. And Nehemiah said, we can't keep being pulled off this project. Stop everything you're doing. For everything that we build, it has to be protected. And for everybody going to work, get a sword right now. And be willing to protect what you're working on. Here's my point. The thing God has you work on are the things worth fighting for. And if you're going to have any victory in your 2017, it's not the fact that you figured out necessarily what God wants you to work on. It's an added bonus in that you've also got to be willing to protect what it is that God's asking you to work on. You are going to come under constant attack 
on the very things that God wants to build in your life. And you can have the best intentions in every possible way, but we've got to realize that we can get pulled off our wall as easily as Nehemiah's crews were pulled off their wall. And we're going to have to be just as committed warriors and fighters for the things that God wants to do in our life. Does that make sense? And a lot of the failures that take place, let me just personal, personal, for me, a lot of the failures is that I confidently know what I should be doing. It's that I don't prepare properly to protect what it is I'm supposed to be doing. My time gets stolen a lot. You know why? Because I got ADD. Yeah, yeah. This is how it is. Y'all know, y'all know me. Y'all know me. Can y'all imagine me going, yeah, Lord, that'd be awesome. Let's do that, squirrel. Okay, okay. Can, you, can you see that? Totally see that. As the older I get, I have to be the guy who says, it's not so much that I got an idea, but can I protect my time good enough to go do what it is that God's called me to do? Marriage is easy to get into. <laughs> Anybody can get married. Any Joe Blow can get married. Anybody can get married. But for marriage to be successful, you're going to have to protect it. Do you know anybody can have kids? Anybody can have kids. But to protect the things that God is doing in them is the secret to being a great parent. Let me tell you, when your kids turn 13, and that, we, can, we, we can teach our kids, and this is hypothetical, if you have a, you know, if you have a 13-year-old, and, 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 and you're building the things of God, and how come you can put 13 years of God-quality investment in a kid, and one blonde little girl can mess it up in five minutes? Can I hear an amen? And there has to be moments as parents that you step in and go, listen, we are believing God. This is hypothetical. This is hypothetical. We are believing God for a daughter-in-law. Anybody believe in God for a daughter-in-law? Anybody believe in God for a son-in-law? Yeah, yeah, there you go. I love it. I love it. It's great. But they're not here yet. And stay away. Yeah. Keep the crud away. Which means that sometimes you have to turn and go, listen, there's some things that God has done in you and started in you that we want to see God come to completion. But little girls don't call after 8 o'clock in our house. Come on, that's funny. That is funny. But is it true? Yeah, it's true. Uh, do you know there's, there's, there's things that, that I go, I, listen, there, there's, some, there's some things I want you to know. We've put a lot of God, we put a lot of Jesus. We've put a lot of word. We've put a lot of prayer. We've asked the Holy Spirit. We don't watch everything that shows up on TV. Come on, does that make sense? Uh, you, that's, that's why a lot of parents fail, is because they want to be their kid's best friend, and they don't want to be their kid's parent. Does that make sense? Everybody wants to be a best friend. Marriage. I can see how when, when you're single, when you're single, okay, and ev- you, could, you could do whatever you want, but when you get married, are you ready to protect against the old single mentality? Everything that God's trying to do in your life is going to be under attack at some point. Let me just give you one more thing on this subject. You ready? For every assignment that God puts in your life, there is going to be an enemy 
designed and assigned to that assignment. The very moment an assignment starts in your life, the very moment that God says, go do this, all the way across, all eternity and time, there is this moment to where evil turns and says, you have been assigned to attack that. And if you are new at being a believer, if you're new at having faith, let me do a very pastoral thing and I'll move on. Everything that God wants to do in your life has an enemy assigned to distract you, discourage you, and destroy you. You're going to have to learn to become a fighter, to rebuild the wall. Does it make sense? Your 2017 has a mighty plan, but God wants you to start protecting what he's doing in your life. Here, 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 let's go on the next, the second, last, this is the last point. I want you to see this. So in Nehemiah chapter 6, an interesting thing happens. The guys who are attacking him finally realize they are never, ever going to be able to stop the project, okay? So something happens. Now, it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab. That's funny. Those, those are great names right there. To, to name your son Sanballat, that's just a great name. And the rest of our enemies heard that I, and just remember this is Nehemiah, had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it. So he's saying, we had rebuilt the whole wall. And then he goes on and he says, we just hadn't hung the gates yet. So there had been major success. No more breaks in the wall. This was a brand new building. Hadn't put the doors up yet. And Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, who were attacking recently, turn and say, hey, what's up? And let's see what they say. Verse 2. That Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the path of Ono. Hey, since we're going to be neighbors, we started this off bad, let's go to lunch. Let's go to lunch. But Nehemiah even says in the very next point that something deeper was speaking to him than a neighbor asking him to go to lunch. And Nehemiah says something that you have to read between the lines and look, that he says something. He gets an invitation of a truce. He gets an invitation that, why don't we just go have lunch together? But down deep I knew that they thought to harm me. I'm doing a great work, he said, so I cannot come down. And why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Which... Invite somebody you know to lunch, and they turn to you and say, I'm doing a good job today, and I don't have time for lunch. God's plans are bigger than us having lunch. And you would go, oh, dang. But almost to that point, you have to protect the things that God wants to do in your life. This was an enemy who had turned and said, since we can't destroy you, but since we can't stop the work, let us pull you off the wall to have a lunch for leadership, and why don't we sit down and talk and let's kill him while we're having lunch? And Nehemiah sits up and turns the paper over and writes on the back, I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down, period. And he folds it up, and he hands it to the messenger, and he takes it back. Look what happens next. Verse 4, 
But they sent him the message four more times. Let's go to lunch. Come on, man, let's go to lunch. And I answered them in the same manner. Let me give you your 2017 statement. And it's the statement for all the things that God wants to do in your life. All, let me tell you, going to lunch is not a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. But you know exactly what I'm saying. What are the things that's pulling you off the wall? It's a great point. What keeps pulling you off your wall? What keeps getting you is an attack. We just covered that. We've got to learn how to protect it. But what if it's something as innocent as an invitation to go to lunch? And you have to have the discernment to know that if I come off this wall, this wall is not going to be built. I wish someone had preached this message back in my college days. I wish, wish somebody had preached this message back in my high school days. I wish this message had been preached back in my junior high days. Because there were so many things that God wanted to do and didn't do. Not because he wasn't faithful. It's just that I was too distracted. But now I'm 43 years old and I recognize how the attack comes. And I recognize this. I'm doing a great work. And I can't come down. There are some things very important to this church that we want to see in 2017, but it's going to have to take some leadership to do it. And I can't say yes to everything when I have to say yes to the things that God wants me to say yes to. And you're the same way. There's far too many things that pulls us off the wall. There's far too many things that steal our attention. And Nehemiah was able to turn and say, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Maybe you need to put that on your mirror at your house. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. Last year, I actually put that in my office. Went and bought a clipboard. Just put it on a cheap piece of paper and a Sharpie, and I hung it in my office. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. And that statement reminds me of two things. God's doing a great work in me. And there's far too many things wanting to get my attention to pull me off the great work that God wants to do in me. I sat down last year in January and started writing out my goals of being a dad because I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. I want to write down my, I wrote in January last year the things I wanted to do for Heather. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. The amazing thing was is that God freed me up to go do things that were important for me too. I still got to go hunting. I still got to go fishing. It didn't take time out from that. But you know what? I was able to stay focused on the things that God wanted to do in my life because I lived by a statement in 2016. I'm doing a great work. And I can't come off this wall. And I wonder for you, does that also resonate in your heart for things that God is speaking to you about? This is the wall, and it's got to get built. Your faith has got to grow. Come on, man. You're doing a great work. And you're going to have to learn how to say a hundred no's for every one God yes. Let's go back and look at the three scriptures we brought up a minute ago. Do we have a, a piano? Do we have some music? Anything that go? First scripture I brought up today was Jeremiah 29, 11. Now remember a minute ago, I told you that at one time it was words, until one day I realized that I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. I love that. It's the God of the comma moment. Says the Lord. 
type being, I want to do a work in you that has never been done in your family before. No being has ever been in the ministry before. Did y'all realize that? I bet you didn't because I didn't either. So last year I figured that out. I asked all my aunts and uncles. I asked, have you guys ever know a being that has ever been in the ministry before? I said, you're the first one. And I all of a sudden realized what God's doing in me has never been done in my family before. But do you guys realize it has nothing to do with being in the ministry? We are all in the ministry. Every one of us are in the plan, the kingdom of God. And there are things being done in you that has never been done in your family ever. You are a pioneer. You know what some of you should do is turn around and just ask some folks. Who, who, who in our family has ever served Jesus? And it may surprise you how many people in your family has never served Jesus. Come on. He's wanting to do a great work. But you're going to have to learn how to protect it. The thoughts that I think of you are a peace, not evil. To give you a hope and a future. Are you willing to fight for it? To work on it? Next scripture. John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the reason I wanted to bring it up again. Because there's too many, too many things in your life that has pulled you off the wall. That has discouraged you, disappointed you. And don't you think at some point the things of, of the Lord that I have come, that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly, are worth fighting for? To experience life and life more abundantly. The last scripture was the man who was in the parable that Jesus spoke about, the master who turned and gave talents, gold coins in some translations. But in each one of them, they had a purpose. And we talked a minute ago about for every assignment, there's been something evil assigned to attack that assignment. And yet here you have this story of a man who was faithful with what he was given and the master turned to him and said, I will, because you were faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's pretty cool. When we become faithful, trust me, God will bless you with more. Some of y'all remember this church when we were in the cell barn. Those were good old days. Never want to go back. But over the years, we've just been faithful with the little things. Faithful over the little things. But I think we've also been better protectors of the things that God's had us be a steward over. And with that, here's the promises we have. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. God's told me that if I keep doing what He wants me to do and protecting what He wants me to do, God's going to keep blessing us and expanding the voice that we have. I'm believing for the state of New Mexico. Y'all know no one wants to reach New Mexico? Everybody wants to reach Texas. Everybody wants to reach Texas. And I'm a big fan of New Mexico. Man, someone needs to be sharing the gospel in northern New Mexico. And, and last couple last couple of weeks, someone from from uh, western New Mexico came here. Do y'all realize that Cowboy Junction has a huge influence? And every day I wake up, and you can join me too. Father, I pray for the state of New Mexico. This state needs a voice. It needs somebody to fight. 
this state could be lost in noble and care. Do y'all realize that? New Mexico could be lost and no one care except for the people who live here. This is my home. And I believe that God wants to do a great work in this state. I think it's worth fighting for. I don't know. Who am I talking to? In your own personal life. Our prayer team. Could you guys just come forward? Can I have you guys stand up? These folks, they would really love to pray for you. And maybe there's something that that you're just not ready to just let go of. But we need to pray about it. What has God put on your heart that's worth building? And maybe you should slip out of your seat right now and, and go up to one of them and just share maybe the things that scare you, sword, or the things that intimidate you, the size of the wall. Share what's on your heart because here's what Scripture tells us. One can send a thousand to flight, but two praying together can send 10,000 to flight. Can I pray for you? Father God, today I thank you for my friends. And I pray for the young and the old in this room. From the young in this room who are just learning how to take their thoughts captive and make them obedient to the Lord to seek your best, to want your best, for the parents believing for the best in their life. Father, I pray that as you put a hammer in their hand, you would build what only you can build in their life. And then for the older crowd, anybody over young, I pray, Father, that you would do what only you can do. If we are drawing a breath, there is purpose for our life. And I believe that, Father. I believe that with all of my heart. Why don't you just talk to the Lord right now? And, and if you need to, just move out of your seat and come up to the front and, and, and the prayer team would love to pray for you. Why don't you just use your words right now to pray f- for your 2017. Father, do what only you can do. Pray for those kiddos, Lord. Bless them. Father, I pray for our church. I pray for the lost. I pray that we could be a blessing to people who are hurting, who need things. Father, I pray for the Create Women's Conference. I pray it's the best year ever. It's worth fighting for. Camp Crossfire. Father, I pray for that Camp Crossfire. Bless them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so listen, here we go. Next week, the second greatest New Year's kickoff ever, okay? And here's what we're going to talk about. 
Today had everything to do with allowing your faith to be stretched. So something that's very passionate on my heart right now is faith growth. And for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to talk about faith. And next week, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the single hand most important thing that can cause faith to just grow. To just completely God-inspired growth. And, and I think it's so important that, that, that you're here next week as we talk about this. Because it's going to be so cool. And I can't wait to show you what it is. But we're going to talk about something that I think is the key most important ingredient for faith to just grow. If you feel like you're always struggling with your faith. If you feel like that faith, I believe. But man, it's just a struggle. We're going to talk about that next week. I'm going to show you what could be the most single-handedly, most important thing you need to hear. Okay? Cowboy Junction. 2017 is going to rock. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. Never hold it inside. We can't hold back.